Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. You know, I've made an executive decision without telling anyone no more than five seconds before starting this program. I'm going to go off on a wild hair now. Bear with me. I continue to watch the poll numbers shift. There are two online-only voter surveys that are propping the Democrats up. The Economist YouGov online poll of 1,114 likely voters has Democrats up four. The Political Morning Consult uh, registered voter poll of 2,005 people has them up five registered voters. It's online only, meaning there were no phone calls made. Meanwhile, uh, the USA Today poll has the GOP up four now, and it is a poll of by phones. So to give you a, a benchmark of where it has been, just so we can play this safe, USA Today now has Republicans up four. In July, it had Democrats up four. Uh, They haven't done a ton of polling by USA Today, but they went from registered voters, Democrats up four, to likely voters, Republicans up four. Makes you wonder uh, why they haven't just kept things going in the intervening process. In June, USA Today had a tie. In February, they had the Democrats up two. So they went from Dems up two to a tie to Dems up four to Republicans up four. The political morning consult poll has been uh, the one that has in particular been most biased towards the Democrats the whole time. And it's an online poll. Now, what we have theorized over the last few election cycles is that online polling tends to favor Democrats because Democrats who participate tend to be higher income voters. So they have access to technology. They have access to computers that other people might not have. So, I tell you all of this, and I got to ask you a question. It looks like Carrie Lake will win in Arizona. It looks like Joe Lombardo will win in Nevada, and more likely than not, Adam Laxalt as well, although the Democrats are starting to coalesce and come home uh, with Catherine Cortez Masto. The Laxalt lead is now uh, five-tenths of a point. But it looks like Laxalt might win. It looks like Brian Kemp is absolutely, and Ron DeSantis absolutely, will be elected governors in Georgia and Florida. It looks like... J.D. Vance is going to get elected. It looks like Ron Johnson's going to get elected. It's looking better and better for Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, and it's looking really good for Herschel Walker in Georgia. I want to get this out now because I know how people are. Because when I when I point it out after the election, people are going to say, oh, give it up. You should move on because they're not going to want to answer for their own culpability. So I want to ask the question now, 
a week before the election, and maybe things change. Maybe the Republicans get blown out of the water. I'm starting to have some Republican friends say, you know, things are so good. Uh, maybe the polls are lying and they lulled us into complacency and we're all going to lose. Maybe they really are undercounting Democrats and Democrats are going to win. The polls look good for the GOP. So if Republicans win, why is it that the Democrats playing for keeps against a party that the Democrats themselves say is a threat to democracy and must be stopped at all costs? How is it, why is it that they did not steal this election? If you're convinced beyond all hope, beyond all reason, beyond all measure, beyond all evidence that the 2020 election was stolen, is it only Donald Trump from whom an election can be stolen? Is it not other Republicans? Can the Oregon Democrats not steal it from Drazen, the Republican there who looks to be ahead? Can they not steal it? Can Stacey Abrams not steal the election from Brian Kemp? Or is it that Brian Kemp was complicit in the stealing of the election from Donald Trump, and therefore, of course, it's not going to be stolen from Kemp because he was involved? What, what's, what's going to be the excuse? What's going to be the apologetics? What, what's going to be it? Will it be that the laws were sufficiently changed? If so, why aren't the election theft people of 2020 out right now saying, hey, it's safe to get back in the water. It's safe to campaign. It's safe to get elected. It's safe to run. It's safe to vote because they changed the laws. They're not out there doing that. Not very vocal. I know some of you will complain about me starting the program today with this. But I want to set the marker down now so that we can all celebrate together after the election, assuming what looks like is going to happen, happens. But the question still has to be asked. Many people were lied to, and much money was raised off those lies. Maybe things will change. Maybe the Republicans will still lose the Senate. It's possible, actually. Looking at the poll collapse in, in Nevada for lax salt, something could be happening out there. Oz could lose. Pennsylvania still. Fetterman is still ahead. There's been a lot of early voting before the debate. It's possible for the GOP to lose the Senate. The odds are still in the Democrats' favor of keeping it. But there clearly does seem to be something out there. Democrats are pulling money out of Florida rapidly to send it to other places. Democrats are starting to pour money into the Washington State Senate race, a race where Patty Murray, the incumbent Democrat, should have no trouble whatsoever winning re-election. She should have no trouble at all, and Democrats are seeing something in their polling, and they're starting to freak out. In New York, the Democrats are really freaking out about Kathy Huckel, the incumbent governor there, that she is on the verge of losing. Now, she's not going to lose. She's too far ahead in the polling, I think. Uh, she had a bad debate performance. She's gone into hiding afterwards. I'll be really surprised. The fact that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, however, are campaigning for Democrats in New York a week before the election is a pretty bad sign for Democrats. 
They're not going to swing districts. They're going to blue districts to prop up blue members of Congress. They're campaigning for Sean Patrick Maloney, the incumbent chairman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, whose seat was not in jeopardy a month ago, and now he's on the verge of losing, according to his own polling. He's having to spend $600,000 to try to save himself. This is a good pattern for the GOP. Democrats spent $46 million ensuring that Republican election deniers win their races in their their primaries. And the Democrats calculated that these Republican election deniers, if they won their primaries, they would be the easiest Republicans to beat in November. Some of them are going to get elected. And I suspect they will no longer be denying the elections. And the Democrats will have gotten them elected. The Democrats have been saying these people are a threat to democracy. They must be stopped at all costs. And yet they funded them to the tune of $46 million. The Democrats must not really believe these people are much of a threat to democracy if they were going to throw money at them. Because wouldn't you want to stop them at all costs, keep them out of politics forever, not give them the party nomination for the GOP if they were really that much of a threat? Wouldn't you want to do that? And they didn't do that. They've been propping these people up. They funded them $46 million to Republican election deniers who they say are a threat to democracy, they ensured they got their nominations and some of them are about to win. And they're not going to deny the election when they win. They're not going to deny the election when they win. They're not going to deny it because they will have won. Maybe they'll deny it if they lose. But I just, I, 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 I got to ask the question again. I'm looking at the map here. I'm looking at the polling. The GOP is up 2.1% in the generic ballot. They tend to favor that by two to three points. So they're really up four or five points. In Georgia, if Stacey Abrams loses, and Stacey Abrams is the culprit, she's the one people blame for 2020, that Abrams was able to organize the grand theft of the presidential election in Georgia. If she loses... Will there be any recognition? I don't even mean public. No one's going to have to call and say I was wrong. I, 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 don't, I don't want your confession. I don't want your repentance. I just want you to be mindful of the fact that if you spent the last two years believing the 2020 election was stolen and Republicans do well in 2022, you are left with only two conclusions. Either the 2020 election was not stolen and you were duped and you should hold the people who duped you accountable, or only Donald Trump can have an election stolen from him, and maybe you shouldn't renominate him in 2024. If only Donald Trump can have an election stolen from him, why do you want to put him back on the ballot in 2024, where he's the only one who elections can be stolen from? That Ron DeSantis can't have an election stolen from him. Brian Kemp can't have an election stolen from him. My God, even Carrie Lake in, in uh, Arizona doesn't look possible to steal an election from her or from J.D. Vance. Marco Rubio is not going to have the election stolen from him in Florida. I guess only Donald Trump can, or the election was not stolen and you wished to believe it was, 
and they preyed on your desires to believe it was stolen, and you funded money to them, and where did the money go? Not to the candidates in 2022. I just hope there's some level of accountability here. Maybe there will be accountability for me. Maybe we'll get to Wednesday and there will be surprise upsets around the nation. Maybe the pollsters have been lying the whole time. Maybe so. The pollsters have been lying the entire time. And actually, the Democrats are ahead everywhere. Brian Kemp is going to lose and Ron DeSantis is going to lose and Kerry Lake is going to lose. Joe Lombardo is going to lose. Ron Johnson's going to lose. J.D. Vance is going to lose. Listen, the polls are too close in Pennsylvania and Georgia and Nevada to really say for certain the Republicans can win. But the tide has turned towards the GOP and all the polls. They should win. Maybe they won't win. But what about those others? What about Georgia? What about the, the gubernatorial race in Nevada? What about Wisconsin? Republicans claim Wisconsin was stolen from them. But yet Ron Johnson's going to be able to win. This is all I want to point out to you now. So the day after the election, if things go the way we expect them to, we don't have to say it then. We don't have to dwell on the past then. We can move to the future. I just want you to start thinking about this. I'm getting emails from people saying, you rubbing people's noses in this means they're going to stay home and they're not going to vote. And and this is going to happen because they want to be right. If they self-sabotage, they in their heart will know that they have self-sabotage by refusing to go vote for Herschel Walker and refusing to go vote for Brian Kemp. I just want to get it in the air. I want to clear the air now. I want to move on from here. I don't want to keep dwelling in the past. Donald Trump is going to Florida. To do an event for Marco Rubio, Ron Ron DeSantis is not invited. I think that's good for DeSantis in 2024. DeSantis can say he is his own man. He owes Trump nothing. But I just think there needs to be an accounting. All of the people I know who are good and sincere people who truly believe the 2020 election was stolen because they were told by Mike Lindell, they were told by Rudy Giuliani, they were told by David Schaefer, they were told by Donald Trump. Will there be an accounting for the people who lied and prayed and fundraised off the fears and anxieties of those good people who were lied to? If the Republican Party wishes to chart a path forward, I think there should be some accountability to the for the grifters But also, I think if the Republican Party wants to move forward and you can't reconcile what happens in a week from what happened two years ago, you need to ask yourself, why would we nominate Donald Trump again if he's the only person the election can be stolen from? Because it doesn't look like Brian Kemp is going to have an election stolen from him, nor does it look like Ron DeSantis will have an election stolen from him, nor does it look like Carrie Lake will have an election stolen from her. So is it a phenomenon unique to Trump or did it just not happen and people were duped? This is a conversation. We need to have it. Have it in now. Now we can move on. Let's pause and just talk about what's going on in the country for a moment. We got sky-high inflation. We got runaway government spending. Trust in Washington is completely eroded. When government is this dysfunctional, you got to change the course of the country. You know you have to. That's why I'm excited about the work Americans for Prosperity is doing. They're focused on policy solutions that actually improve people's lives, unlike so many in D.C., who just want to play political football and have power. Americas for Prosperity doesn't just come up with solutions. They act on those solutions. They have the largest network of community activists in the country. They are out there every day talking to millions of their fellow Americans. 
If you're interested in seeing how you can get started with Americans for Prosperity in your community, visit americansforprosperity.org slash eric today. That's americansforprosperity.org slash eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. You know, so one of the things that came up last week when I was in Washington talking to reporters is how a lot of them who cover the Trump beat for the major political press operations are tired of covering it. The reporters themselves are as exhausted covering Trump as I am covering the daily minutia of the midterms. I wish it would just hurry up and get here. But the reporters note that because covering Trump brings in so much traffic, their media entities insist they continue to cover it, which explains a lot of it. It explains so much of what's going on. Now, Here's a problem. Uh, there's a there's a story in Politico that Donald Trump is going to have a rally for Marco Rubio in Florida before the election, and Ron DeSantis is not only there. Uh, it's during a time DeSantis would be preferring to rally all the Republicans in Florida and can't because of the Trump show. Who's going to go to the DeSantis show because of it? It would be funny if DeSantis did it and had a crowd. But nonetheless, uh, the media said, oh, this is a slight to Ron DeSantis. Trump is exerting himself. Um, Why is everything Donald Trump does perceived to be bad to some other Republican? He's doing an event with Marco Rubio. A get-out-the-vote effort that will help Rubio with Republicans, not that he needs the help. Rubio does not need the help. He's ahead in the polls. But this actually helps Ron DeSantis. The media is so into the soap opera narrative. This allows Ron DeSantis to be Ron DeSantis' own man. This allows Ron DeSantis to say he owes nothing to Trump for his reelection. This allows Ron DeSantis to run in 2024 when people say he's just Trump's candidate. Say, hey, Trump came to Florida and didn't even do an event for me for my reelection. This gives Ron DeSantis all the plausibility, deniability in the world that he needs for running for president in 2024 makes him his own man in 2022, and the media itself is doing it. I think this actually is a genius move to help Ron DeSantis for 2024. But the media can't help themselves in the way they portray everything about Donald Trump and his relation to other candidates. But I don't see a loss here for Ron DeSantis. I think it's good for him, and I think history will prove me right on that. When you're ready to hop into a soft, cozy bed, your sheets make a big difference. Bold and Branch sheets use only the best 100% organic cotton threads on earth for superior softness that only gets more luxurious with every wash. I know because I sleep in Bull and Branch sheets. And let me tell you, you know, they start off like your standard bed sheet, and you're thinking, what's the big deal? Well, wash them. You see the difference. Wash them again. You feel the difference more and more. They get softer over time, and they've got the perfect weight. They've got that weight in the summertime where you feel like substantively there's something on you, but yet you're not sweating to death. And in the wintertime, it's just the perfect snug fit for the Bull and Branch sheets. They focus on thread quality, not quantity, although the quality and the quantity both are fantastic. Now, they got over 25,000 rave customer reviews made from the highest 
quality threads you can get. Bull and Branch Signature Sheets come in nine colors. They fit all mattress sizes. You will feel the difference. And again, you got a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns. What do you have to lose? Try them. Keep washing them. They get softer and softer. Go to Bull and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com. Use promo code Eric. You'll get 20% off your first set of sheets and free shipping with the promo code Eric, my name at BowlinBranch.com. Again, B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com. The promo code Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. There is some breaking news happening right now. Those of you listening in Arizona are going to love this one. And I just looked. I got a lot of people who listen to Arizona. I can't figure it out. I've got an affiliate out there. They run me on the weekend. Um, but we got a lot of people listening online right now in the Phoenix area. And I want you all to know that Politico and the Cook Political Index or Cook Political Report, have both moved the Arizona Senate race to toss up from likely Democrat. Means that they now think Blake Masters has a real shot at winning that that seat. Big, big news out there in Arizona as they have now turned the Arizona Senate race into a toss-up. It had been lean or likely Democrat uh, forever and suddenly not. Good for Blake Masters peaking at the right time. Let's go to the phones, 877-973-7425. Lewis, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Eric, my question about the presidency in 2024, now we're hung on Trump or we're hung on DeSantis, but is there anybody else out there that's a viable presidential candidate for the future? Um, I lived through the Reagan years. I lived through the Clinton years. Everybody's sick and tired of the Bushes. Everybody's sick and tired of the Clintons. We're going to have to move down the road to really new blood. So I just can't believe we're down to just two people. (laughs) I don't think we actually are. I say DeSantis a lot because he's in the news so much these days, and and he kind of does make sense to me as someone to bridge the Trump, non-Trump gap. But they're actually – I've got a lot of good friends who want to run for president. I was actually at a Chick-fil-A by my house yesterday, and someone had a Nikki Haley 2024 sticker on the back of his car. And I tried to get a a picture of it to snap it to Nikki, but I couldn't. Um, But Nikki Haley 2024, uh, Ted Cruz is going to run again. I don't think he'll get very far. Um, Josh Hawley is going to run. Tom Cotton is going to run. Mike Pompeo is going to run. I'm sure there will be Christy Nome uh, from South Dakota. She is set to just blow out the roof with her reelection. She's going to run. So we do have a plentiful field right now. Um, I, I, I am really good friends with Nikki Haley, and I would love to see her run. I, my sense of things, though, right now is that, that DeSantis does have the momentum, and this is not to drag any of my friends who are running. I don't actually even know DeSantis. I've only talked to him once, and that was on this program. I'm actually like real-world friends with Nikki Haley and with Ted Cruz. I am real-world friends with Tom Cotton. I am real-world friends with several of the others who will run, like not political friends, like we actually are friends. But... DeSantis makes kind of sense to me because he's the Trumpiest of the non-Trump people, if that makes sense. And so he can galvanize the Trump people and build a coalition with the non-Trump people because he's actually got a really good record of governance in Florida. 
That being said, I'm not going to take a position. Don't hear me saying I'm endorsing anyone. I'm not. I'm just calling it as I see it. That sometimes gets me in trouble with friends. And the momentum can shift. I mean, it's really hard for someone to keep up momentum for multiple years in the run-up to a presidency. Uh, George W. Bush was able to do it from 98 to 2000. I don't know that DeSantis can. But I do think we can move on. I mean, honest goodness, speaking of... Getting a text message from Tom Cotton right now. Um, let me see. I'm going to answer his question uh, by, let me see. Yes, friends, I'm texting a United States senator as we speak uh, because I'm going to meme him the way he memes me to respond to a question. And his question, just so you know, is are we at the point where we may get a, uh, have we gone from can Herschel make a runoff to can Herschel win without a runoff? Uh, and my answer to him is yes, that is the case. Um, because I do think the polling suggests that. Yes, I do think Herschel Walker can win without a runoff. Um, uh, we, we are definitely moving beyond uh, can he even make it to a runoff. But nonetheless, okay, I digress. All right, the phone number here is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. I got other stuff I want to talk about, but Lewis, your question was was uh, well noted. And please keep in mind, folks, when I mentioned DeSantis here, I'm not endorsing him. I don't even know the man. I do know he wants to run for president. My point is just that he does seem to have hit the cultural zeitgeist at the right moment. Now, we must move on because we have more polling and more bad headlines. Harry Itton at CNN has this story. The biggest unknown of this election, can Democrats outrun Joe Biden? We're two weeks from election day. Actually, we're less than that now. There are still a lot of questions to be answered, but perhaps the biggest of them comes down to a simple fact. President Joe Biden's approval rating is below his disapproval rating by a significant amount nationally in all of the key swing states. The most important question, therefore, is whether Democratic candidates for the House and Senate can outrun Biden by a wide enough margin to win. The answer may very well be different for the House and the Senate. If you look at the recent Monmouth University poll, they've been asking the generic congressional ballot question for the last few months, as well as the Biden approval rating. The Democrats' position on the generic ballot has worsened in each successive poll. They were down three in August, down two in late September, down six in mid-October. The trend line tends to match up with what we're seeing nationally with Republicans now reaching their generic ballot apex since Roe v. Wade was overturned in June. What's interesting about the poll is that Biden's net approval rating has not changed much during this period. There's a there's a note here that has to be said, has to be noted for everyone. We are, in terms of research and analysis and polling, and at this point, everyone is poll-driven. And there are a couple of things I want you to know, mark in your heart, inwardly digest, keep in the back of your brain. The bottom line numbers are irrelevant. The bottom line number of a poll is irrelevant. If a poll says Republicans are at 51 and Democrats are at 49, do not believe the numbers. What is relevant is the trend. 
if Republicans had been at 45 and then at 47 and then at 50 and then at 51, and they've been polling, uh, every pollster has a has a sample of people that they poll. It's not the same person every time. It's the same type of person. Uh, white high income, white low income, black high income, black low income, Hispanic high income, Hispanic low income, male, female, uh, old, young, Republican, Democrat. They, they, they have a demographic sample of people that they poll. So it's not everyone gets the same poll, but the same types of people get the same poll. And so if you see a trend and it has Republicans going up and up and up and up and up, they may not be at 51% as the poll says, but you can get an idea that in this sample of people we're seeing momentum headed towards the GOP. In the same way, you take all the polls together and the polling average is good because it captures all the trend lines. So the trend is what matters. And the trend has been uh, shift to the GOP in the last few weeks. But there's something else you have to keep in mind here to understand the way this is going to play out for the next week and a few days before the midterms is that national polling does not look at just swing states. Now, I know that seems obvious to you, but a national poll is cheaper to do, but it also captures California and New York it captures Chicago. It captures key areas for the Democratic Party. The result of all of this is that it can overstate a Democratic preference because who's to weed out the California and New York voters who may say they're Republican but still regularly vote Democrat? National polling tends to have a Democratic bias. The reason national polling tends, though, to be better than individual state polling is because you get a broader pool of people nationally. It tends to make the polling a little more accurate, even with a bias built in. It's a difficult thing to understand, but it actually works if you understand you're not looking at the number, you're looking at the trend. Related to that, there is breaking news happening right now. Gosh, I feel like I'm the Fox News person. Every every couple of minutes, I'm saying breaking news, breaking news. But listen, as this happens, it happens. And as the flow goes, the flow goes. And there is actually right now, I want to mark timestamp this. It is 12.45 p.m. Eastern Time on October 27th, and this is breaking news. Herschel Walker, Republican candidate for the Senate in Georgia, for the first time leads Raphael Warnock in the Real Clear Politics polling average. He is up six-tenths of a point. Well, I take that back. He led uh, for a couple of days in the end of September before cratering with the opposition research news. Herschel Walker right now leading for the first time the Real Clear Politics polling average. Um, this is kind of a big deal. Now, the graph shows this. The polling itself has not been updated, and the reason the polling has not been updated is there is some fresh polling coming in that has not yet made the chart. But there you have it. Uh, breaking news happening there. Again, though, this is the thing. Don't believe the number. The number in the polling average is 46.8 to 46.2. It's a narrow race. But what are the trends? The trends are this. Warnock has trended down. Walker has trended up. And when have the trend lines come? The trend lines have come towards the end. This is the thing that kind of blows my mind about the Democrats, y'all. There is a pattern and a rhythm to campaigns.
And what you want to do is avoid peaking too soon. That's the language everyone in politics uses. You don't want to peak too soon. And the Democrats peak too soon. What do the Republicans do? The Republicans held their money, held their fire. They, they, they did the, the Bunker Hill charge. They didn't fire until they saw the whites of the Democrats' eyes in the polling. The Democrats got closer and closer, surpassed them in the polling. The Republicans opened fire. What did they open fire with? A message that resonates with voters, the economy, and crime. Democrats went all in July and August. They seized on the president's supposed momentum of passing an Inflation Reduction Act that doesn't actually reduce inflation. They took credit for all of these things out of Congress. They made it about abortion. They made it about January 6th. They began those televised hearings to try to disrupt the Republicans. They raided Mar-a-Lago, and they blew their lead. They peaked too soon, and there's no amount of electoral Viagra they can get to peak again. It's too late. We're a week away. I knew this was going to happen. If you've listened to this program for the last six months, you knew this was going to happen. Because I've been telling you, Republicans don't engage typically until after Labor Day. And the reason they don't is because they know the independent voters, the Republican voters, they're either on vacation or they're getting their kids back to school and not a single person in America is really paying attention except for diehard progressives who have swapped God for government and religion and politics are now the same thing to them. Everybody else is gone. And now suddenly at the end, the Republicans are surging. If you're just tuning in, political uh, Cook Political Report and Political are calling Arizona a toss-up now for the first time. If you're just tuning in, in Georgia, Herschel Walker has surged into the lead against uh, Raphael Warnock in the polling average. If you're just tuning in, the USA Today Suffolk poll that had been a reliably positive poll for the Democrats has swung the GOP into a four-point lead. Here's the headline. Republican support rises ahead of Election Day with inflation driving the voters, according to the USA Today Suffolk University poll amidst angst about President Joe Biden's leadership in the nation's economy. Republicans are resurgent as the midterm campaign heads into its final stretch. Americans feel the bite of inflation in their daily lives from eating out less often to canceling vacation and voters overwhelmingly view the election as a way to send a message to the White House and by double digits the message is to change course. Not only do Republicans lead the Democrats but a majority of the nation believes Congress must be restructured to hold the President of the United States accountable. Told you this was going to happen. I told you so. I'm glad you guys believe me because the Democrats didn't. For the last couple of months, I've been inundated with harassing messages from Democrats telling me I was lying and misleading you guys. I knew it was going to happen. Why? Because I used to do this for a living running campaigns. I know the ebbs and the flows of the cycle. And I know that the party in the White House tends to have the cycle go against them. And when the governor of Virginia and the House of Delegates blow out for the GOP in the year before, it's a really bad sign for Democrats. And all of that happened. The usual rhythm and pattern of a blowout tidal wave of elections for the party that doesn't control the White House is upon us. And every single person who knows politics should have known this the whole time. And Democrats have been curled up in the fetal position, sucking their thumb, thinking, but Roe, but Roe, but Roe. Roe will not help you when people can't put gas in their car.
I also have had this sense that things were shifting because I've been talking to my friends in Americans for Prosperity, and they have been doing door knocking programs around the country just to get a sense, political intelligence of, if you will, of where things were headed. So they have focused on knocking on the doors of people who don't vote in primaries and only vote in general elections. And they've been focusing on swing states like Georgia, and they've been telling me that in, in their research, they're finding independent swing voters are breaking pretty decisively towards the GOP. So it's that sort of intelligence that Americans for Prosperity collects, and they can apply that to their metrics and data for good governance. They build local teams of volunteers around the country. They build local chapters so you can learn how to do door knocking to gather political intelligence. You can learn how to show up at your local county commission or school board meeting and present real data, real facts uh, to push for things like school choice, to go to your legislature and advocate for school choice. Americans for Prosperity makes you smarter as a political activist. They don't just churn out white papers in D.C. They actually churn out real activists at the grassroots level around the country, which is why I love them. And you should consider joining them. I'm sure they got a chapter near you. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Find your local chapter. If there isn't one, maybe you can help them start it. There should be one near you, though, americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the show. Uh, Really important. I, I actually can't plug this enough uh, right now. I really hope you will consider subscribing to my daily email because I'm pushing out more stuff there. And I know some of you complain that I'm just sending too much stuff, but there is so much in the flow of information right now. It's really only two or three emails a day that I'm sending, but it is a great way for me to update you with information as news is breaking now, as we're heading into the final week of the election. All you got to do is text the word Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Click that first link, sign up. Uh, So much of it's free. Uh, Paid subscribers are going to get a big discount for our conference that's going to be coming up next year if you want to do that. But you don't have to. I send a lot of this stuff out. No charge to you. Paid people get the show notes, though. Text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Um, We have a lot more stuff we got to talk about. When we come back, I actually do, believe it or not, yes, I confess something to you right now. There's a lot of news that we've kind of had to put to the side because of the election news, and I'm tired of talking about the election. I shouldn't be. I mean, it's my bread and butter, but I'm just kind of exhausted. I'm trying to keep making it exciting and new when there's not a lot new. I'm covering the breaking news in the polls, though. But what I haven't spent a lot of time on is the Kanye West stuff. And yes, believe it or not, I have strongly held opinions on the Kanye West stuff. I do. And I hope you'll come back. And I'm happy to take your phone calls. I do want you to know the phone lines have been flooded with really angry election deniers from around the country. I really don't care to hear from people who can't accept the truth. But the rest of you, 877-973-7425. And also, the New York Times is even calling doubt on global warming right now. 